was dope. And welcome back to Rufus the Villain's True Crime Corner. It's been almost a month and a half. Yo, what's up? Glad to be back. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, we took a hiatus because we were just, like, trying to get our shit together. Yes, definitely. So, like, who who, who are we doing tonight, Josh? We are doing Herman Webster Mudgett, better <laughs> known as H.H. Holmes. Yes, yes. Like, it's, uh, this was actually your suggestion, mm. which I thought was really cool because, like, we did a... Uh, the we what have we done so far? We've done um, Ed Gein, yes, Jeffrey Dahmer, Capone, Al Capone, and Butch Cassidy. And Bush Cassidy. So yeah. that's where we've been at so far. Yep. So just to get this get this show on the road. So uh, born Herman Hepster, Herman Webster Mudgeon, or like one of the th- one of the names he took on early in his childhood was uh, Doctor Henry Howard Holmes. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. Like he just like took that name on without like actually even going to, even going to like any types of school. But uh, he was born in uh, May sixteenth in eighteen sixty one in Gilmonton, New Hampshire. Okay, it's a G L G I L M A N T O N Gilmonton. Okay, New Hampshire, and that was a uh, May sixteenth, eighteen sixty one. So uh, he was he eventually like. Right off the bat, like like started taking on like different names, because back in the day you didn't have to have like an ID card, you, right? Yeah. You didn't you didn't have to like oh this is me this is me this is me you yeah just... yeah well I know I know later on when especially when he moved towns he he switched his name but I didn't realize that he had played around with it at such an early age. age yeah well that's what uh, speaking of which speaking of which uh, we have to give our uh, give our uh, sor- source material. Mm. My my main one was a murder in America. I'm drawing a blank for the author, but I'll put that in the liner notes on the show. Okay. And then uh, the other one was uh, the Devil in the White City. Okay. And then of course a little bit of peppering of LP. Yeah. Of <laughs> you know, because those guys those guys are legit. Definitely. But like early on in life, like before the age of 16, he used the name uh, Henry Howard Holmes, Harry M. Howard, Henry Gordon. And Alexander Bond, like okay. th- those are like the names that they Bond, had. Alex yeah. Bond, Alex Bond, serial killer Bond. But like, um, it, the big thing is uh, we'll get into it later. His um, his main his main uh, crime spree was at the same time as Jack the Ripper, and people were like, oh, it's the same guy. Like, no. yep, yep, no. Yep, he was mainly active uh, in the 1890s, right? Which uh, was the same time as the Whitechapel murders. Yep, yep, and uh, you know, and and uh, mainly during the World's Fair, um, I have that he had a confirmed body count of nine. Nine. Well, uh, he confessed to twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yep. But the thing is, is like, if you get it, like in the murder and murder in America book, it's upwards of like seventy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you like really look into the forensics of like. Shit that had, it's like upwards of seventy. Yeah, well, there were accounts of over uh, fifty people disappearing in his in his right, castle. right, we'll yeah, all that yeah. Place. It was pretty amazing, right? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. amazing. So H.H. Uh, H. Holmes, we'll just call him that from this point on. Okay, was the first urban American serial killer. Yes, first urban American. You know, because there there was guys that was do- were doing this and during the cowboy time, like you could be a cowboy and shoot ten people. You wouldn't be called a serial killer. You'd just be called a cowboy. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and that was just due to just sort of like, you know, the the, the literal Wild West and just no really form of um, standard law enforcement. Exactly. That's an awesome point. That's an awesome point because, like, you know, it's like, hey, let's uh, let's draw. Yeah. <laughs> just draw. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it harkens back to, like, uh, 
the samurai having duels. Yeah. You know, like that's that's why you can't like kind of say a serial killer at that point. Mm-hmm. You get you get what I'm getting at there. Yeah. So like he, like we we just mentioned that he confessed to nine, but was probably connected to more than that. Yep. The big thing thing about him was he was a compulsive liar. Yes. Like anything that came out of his mouth, you couldn't you couldn't take for. Oh, he was definitely a pathological liar. Yeah. For well, sure. and that speaks to like I have a little bit later in my research of like his uh, psychopathy because he was a legit psychopath. Oh yeah. A legit psychopath. He actually turned out to be what was not just a. Uh, I'm 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 drawing a blank. He's not. Uh, he was two. He was two types of uh, serial killer. He was a product. And product. Process. Product and pro. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Because like he, he did it for two types of reasons. Mm-hmm. Like he just like did his own fucking thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, well, I mean, so so he was he was a a process killer in the sense that he enjoyed it, but he was a product killer in the sense that he had a purpose in killing the people, whether it was an insurance scam or what whatever the case may have happened upon. Whatever would benefit him. Yeah, exactly. Whatever would benefit him. So, like, what I want to get into next was he had two. Uh, he had three brothers. No, he was the he was two of three brothers. Yep. He yeah. Tell me what do you have about his uh, his parents and his childhood. Well, I didn't get his parents' names, which I should have written down. Oh. So they were Levi and Theodate. Theodate. Theo, that was his parents. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, Levi and Theodate. This is also. So yeah, record. I had. I was like going on the wrong part of my research right now. Like, yeah, that was his parents, Levi and Theodate. I would like, probably call this a silver badge episode. Yeah, it's yeah. Not yeah. Quite on well, the well as, as long as before, as long so. as we as long as we omit the like the masturbation. Well, you just yeah. you just included it, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it, that's that's a uh, that's a uh, heads up. That's a heads up. So but he was uh, he was the youngest of three brothers. His uh, his family were devoted Methodist, which he never like got into. Mm. Like that was never like any part of like his mindset. And the 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 crazy thing that I was reading is they used to beat the fuck out of him. Oh yeah. They like they would actually lock him in the attic as punishment. Yeah, but he was still a self-described mama's boy, <laughs> right? And uh, it's kind it's kind of crazy to think. Sorry, guys, it's kind of crazy to think that like uh, in that at that time of a of a person that was of this mindset, like kind of like uh, taking a sidestep and like this is not what I want to do. Like think about that, you know, like. And at that time, like you got a whole family that's like Methodist, and are super religious. It's not normal to sidestep out of that. You got like that's that's um it's like a psychopathic thing, mm-hmm. because like if your brain is like your your mindset and your brain is set to this is what we do, this is what we do, and he was like he was like fuck that. He actually started like he actually uh. In, in his early childhood was the sh- the Great Chicago Fire, right? Yep, seventeen seven. I'm sorry, eighteen seventy one. Yeah, and yep. he actually dreamed of his parents being in that fire. Yep, which is kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, I mean, so that that speaks to that speaks to the the psychopathy of of his condition. Like he he was not normal from the start. Like you or I. Are born, you know, in a different, diff- completely different age, but like if uh, you or I had visions of our parents getting burned in a fire, somebody would probably be like, "Hey, you know." Yeah, well, I mean, you know, um, 
he he uh, definitely always you when know, he was he, he was a, actually at an early age averse to death. He didn't. Well, he was it. he was a pathological liar, and he was a big embellisher of of everything that basically he said. The but, little white lies. But you know he um he always claimed to be sort of sponsored by a dark being. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, so, I mean, we're gonna get to that. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna get to that. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. So, but like the the big thing that I want to get at too, like I I couldn't find the exact age. But the, he he was always averse to death. He didn't want to see it. And then he had some bullies actually force him into a doctor's office where there was a skeleton. He was eleven. Was that was that the age? Yeah, he it was, was eleven. So he was forced into like going in looking at this, and it, it kind of um, it, it drove the fear away. Is actually the phrase that I found from him. Yeah. Like it, it, he was like I'm. <laughs> Like okay, like uh, the, here's a dead body. Like that's not as scary as I thought it was gonna be. So that actually, in his younger life, actually pushed him into starting to study medicine. Mm-hmm. And you know, and saying that Holmes studied medicine is a very kind of um, small phrase. Like the, the, he he was a con man through the entirety. Of his of his career. Well, yeah, I mean, he he basically used his medical knowledge to uh, further his criminal means. Well, like the big thing is the the state of medicine at that time. You know, like it's um, you know it was uh, there was like resurrection men. Mm-hmm. There was um, there was not a lot involved in uh, actually studying the human body because like Christianity and uh, stuff like that like. Oh, you can't touch a human body after it right. dies. They considered it desecration. Yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't look at it. Mm-hmm. Like so, that's where like I'll get into rex- resurrection men like later, but like that's kind of where he gets into his like his role and things. Like uh, at the at the age of eleven, he actually started uh, dissecting live animals. Yep, <laughs> live animals, and he was like he would actually start keeping pieces of them, mm-hmm. which is kind of. Think about that right now. Say you had a say you had an eleven year old and you came across him like dissecting a squirrel and it was alive. Yeah. And you're like, No, Tommy, you can't do that. <laughs> like that some pretty scary shit, man. But he had um he had one friend named I think his name was Tom. Yeah, that's right. Tom and he actually died suspiciously, right? Yeah, like, they were playing in an abandoned building and, and he, he died got, in a fall. Yeah, yeah. And uh that's a little leave it up to you guys whether Holmes pushed him or not. Yeah. <laughs> so at that at that day at that age he actually started having fantasies of killing as a as a young kid. Like he actually started having fantasies. Okay. And the book in the Murder of America is like the from like it's uh there's like a lot of transcripts from him. But he actually started having uh fantasies of at an early age of killing for power. Oh. You know, like like to be the one in control. So uh, just to kind of move forward, he graduated high school at the age of 16, mm-hmm. which is kind of impressive for the time. Definitely. Yeah, he was always very smart in school. Yeah, well, he was very adept. Mm-hmm. He was fucking very adept. He married his first wife at the age of 18. Her name was Clara Lovering. Lovering? Yep. Lovering? Mm-hmm. I spelled it. I, in the book, it's L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G. Lovering? Yep, just Lovering. So Holmes left her to go to medical medical college at the U the U of Michigan, which was uh, the leading school of dissection at the time, which was uh, not looked on fondly. 
right. like, like taking bodies and taking them apart. Like big thing about that was like uh, religion. Like they didn't want you to desecrate the body. Exactly. Yeah. So like this is about the same time to to where he like started coming up with his first schemes. And the big thing is in college, he was, like, super ambitious. Like, he was, like, knocking through classes, like, just one after another. He got a uh, questionable degree of being a pharmacologist. Indeed. Which is, like, there's no way to actually determine whether that was actually true or not. Mm. So, like, he had uh, he had a lot of really weird things going on at the time. Where he, This is where he came up with his first, uh, his, his first like, actual scam. Like his first, like the big thing is his first real way he went at things was fraud. Like he he would do he like come up with like um, insurance frauds and like and like um, have somebody get attacked by somebody and like uh, in court be like, oh yeah he attacked me and like would have people like say oh yeah yeah I saw it happen you know like that there was a lot of that yep just insurance scamming and things yeah like he he came up with a lot of that. So he actually, at that point, actually became a fake book salesman. Oh, yeah, in his junior year, right? Yeah, he would go around and, like, sell books. And, like, okay, yeah, they'll come to you at the end of the year. Let me right. collect, so, let me so collect the money. So he would have, like, a sample book, and he would, like, go up and knock on yeah. somebody's door, be like, hey, you know, I have this set of encyclopedias. Here's a sample. If you give me a $50 down payment, I'll send you the money, send you the, the, the set in the mail when I get back to my office. And, uh, and it would never and come. And he just kept the money and just they and never it, got anything. And it would never come. So his big scam, which would come into the play later, is uh, – Corpses, the um, the health in- or the life insurance scam, right? To where he, w- he like this is where like came into his head it was like, okay, let's um, find somebody that's willing to give me a life insurance policy, and then we'll bring a fake body because at that point there was no like photographs, there was no there was fingerprints, no ID bank, no way to yeah. properly justify that someone was who they said they were. Yeah, and like you could bring in anybody that was disfigured. At, at, at any degree and be like, yeah, this is this guy. Exactly. And like have somebody come in and say like, yeah, this is him. Mm-hmm. So that, that was like, he didn't pull that off yet. Like he had, a, he had an idea with one of his uh, actual schoolmates, but he never actually did that. He never actually did it with him. The, the big thing that I want to get into is like, at this point, this is the true point of a psychopath. Like he... Because like, psychopathy is a really weird kind of big, broad, big, big, broad, like rainbow spectrum. Right. Like there's people that are, there's people that are bankers that are psychopaths. There's people that are doctors that are psychopaths. But like you have to really understand the psychopathy of what that is. I think sort of what you're alluding to is, is similar to what happened um, in the 1980s. Um, you know, where where all these uh, high power business people, um, you know, were, were actually had a lot of psychopathic and sociopathic mm-hmm. yeah. tendencies, um, yeah. you know, but they were so successful that it was sort of overlooked. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, and so and so people in in Holmes's time, they they aspired to be these great industrialists and businessmen and they just sort of didn't care who they stepped on along exactly. the way to get there. Exactly. And so that was what he he aspired to be. And so particularly when he got out of college and he realized that um, he could uh, influence people um, with, you know, the way that he presented himself as far as being professionally dressed and well-spoken and things yeah. like that. Well, he was know, dapper as a motherfucker, dude. He realized that that sort of 
uh, gained social progress for him, and and he was able to manipulate people more efficiently mm-hmm. when he yeah. when he presented that way. Exactly, you're 100 percent on point. Yeah, that that's the definition of a psychopath, dude. <laughs> like, there's so many people that you like. I think I read a, a, a it was like you meet in everyday life, like you meet like 10 psychopaths a day, mm. like just like on different differing levels. You right. know, like, of course, yeah. So at this point, you know, he's finishing college. He actually gets a job in a pharmacy in Philadelphia. Yep. You know, he has actually, he, he uh, faked to be a pharmacist, and then he actually killed a woman for for the scripts. Did you get, did you get that? Did like he actually killed a woman for the? He actually came across a woman, killed her, took the scripts, and gave them out to other people. Okay, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't yeah. get anything on that. I I read that you know he had accidentally poisoned a woman, and that that well, that's what well, that's was. what I'm getting at. That's so, yeah, okay. oh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting at. He accidentally po- poisoned a woman, and actually took the scripts and moved on. Okay, yep, yeah, because that was when he moved that out. Was in, that was in that was in 1886. Yep, and uh, he leaves he leaves Chicago in 1886, taking uh, out Philadelphia. You mean he leaves. Philadelphia to Chicago yep, yep. in 1886, taking on the name H. H. Holmes. Right. So that's uh, at the time it was a boom town. Chicago was a boom town. Like that's where everything was like just getting crazy big. Right. Well, you know, and they, that speaks to like you said before the uh, the Great Fire. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, I'm glad you corrected me the, from what the I just thing said. about that is that you know all of the old structures were all wooden, mm-hmm. and so. Um, you know, there was the Great Fire of 1871, which is allegedly started by a cow. But that's a story for another time. Allegedly. Um, and so it basically wiped out all these dry old wooden buildings. And so then they had this nice, flat, urban landscape where they could build all these new modern buildings. And so right. Chicago was well, actually... I'm... The uh, the beginning of like modern architecture as far as the 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 cities are concerned. I'm and glad. So, I'm, I'm not to interject, but like I have this written down that just perfect for what you're saying. Uh, it was the home of the first skyscraper. It was the home of the first skyscraper, yeah. and so you know, and so a lot of uh, people were using the new railroad uh, to travel, and so there were a lot of people flocking to these larger cities, particularly Chicago. You're, you're hitting like, on my points. Keep going. It like keep the going. Hub, it was like the hub of the Midwest, basically, mm. right? And so not only did you have all these thousands and thousands of people coming to Chicago, you had thousands of gullible young farm girls who were traveling by themselves that were out on their own for the first time. Right. Well, that speaks to the influx, influx of the new jobs and stuff like that. Exactly. Because they were, they were, you know, this was the first time they were really able to gain independence and do as it, women. And they were able to do it to themselves. Yeah. They, for themselves. Mm. Like, and do the, like, speaking on, like, to kind of, like, piggyback on what you were talking about, is, like, uh, women didn't have the independence at that time. And they got to go leave and be on their own due to the railroads. Exactly. Stuff like that, which kind of really changed a lot of things. Yep, yep. We talked about that last episode. Yeah, we did. So uh, one of the big things I want to get into is uh, in Chicago at the time, due to the poor conditions, there was a huge condition of... I, I actually wrote this down from the book. A huge... The way they put it was a huge condition of death. Mm-hmm. There was just so much going on. Like there was rotting animals on the ground, garbage... Like, uh, there's just so much pestilence is the word. Yes. Well, and, and I think a lot of that was because there was no, like, proper city sanitation. Like, every, exactly. everything was um, sort of uh, capitalist in the sense that you had to pay for these services. And so if right. you weren't, if you weren't Fire, garbage. to pay these organizations for these services, they just didn't come. Oh, you know? yeah. And so I think, I think a lot of the 
a lot of the trash and the dead animals and things sort of led to further infection and like sickness for exactly, humans. Exactly, exactly. So, like it, it only got worse as 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 more people got there. So even though it was like this industrial boomtown, it was still a very dirty city. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I, one of the things I wrote down was uh, was murder. Murder was common. There was sixteen hundred murders in one year. I, I also I also understand that there were approximately two people a day killed by a train. Yeah. <laughs> that, like street cars would fall on people randomly. It was yeah. rough. <laughs> street cars falling on people. Well, we're laughing now, but we weren't there. But you know, the big thing they were kind of uh alluding towards coming up in uh in a couple years is uh the World's Fair. Which is going to be a big player in this? Exactly. Yep. Yep. It was just sort of like the perfect storm. Milli- for him. Millions of people being in town. Mm-hmm. Millions of people being in town. So in 1888, Holmes finds a job as a pharmacist in Inglewood, across the street from a vacant lot in Wallace and 30- 63rd Street, which of course was just like a suburb of Chicago. Yeah, and at that point, 63rd Street was a big vacant lot. Yep. Yep. Uh, the owner, the owner's husband was sick, and he took a job to take care of, to take care of the pharmacy. At right. Time. So they were. I didn't get her name. They I were, couldn't find her name. I don't have it either. They were an elderly couple, and so her husband was actually the pharmacist, mm-hmm. and so he was bedridden upstairs. And, and Holmes, she Holmes was is like, I'm a pharmacist. Holmes is like, I'm a pharmacist. Yeah. I can help you do this. She was struggling to sort of keep afloat, and so he came in and got a job. Yep. Yeah, he like took it over for a while, and then uh, af- after two years, he dies, and Holmes, Holmes offers to buy the far- buy the pharmacy on a payment plan. Yeah, and he, he didn't pay it. He never paid anything. He never paid anything. Yeah, he was he was the ultimate con man. Like, yeah, I think I think, and at this point, he's sort of. He's sort of developing That's psychopathy, dude. He was a psychopath. Dude. He 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 becomes like this supervillain, dude. You know? I love that phrase. Yes, he was a su- so, he was uh, a supervillain. He was the penguin. How did that? That's what that's what <laughs> yeah. Henry says. Yes, he was the penguin. Yeah, he he really was a supervillain. Like not only was he like uh, the first urban serial killer, but he had all these other. Uh, motives and means. Yeah. Um, so he this, just had, it's he just had, that there was no Batman to stop him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he just had so much other stuff going on than like your typical serial killer, which which sort of I think gives him a different classification. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Like he was a supervillain, though. He, <laughs> he really was a supervillain. So uh, uh, right off the, you know, like going like he he never paid anything. Yeah. The only thing he ever paid for was chloroform. Yeah. <laughs> Like so, she ends up the the wife. I couldn't find the husband and wife's name. I for, don't have it. But uh, she ends up filing a suit against uh, against Holmes. Yeah, because he never paid anything. Yeah, and yep. then she fucking disappeared. Yep. And then yep, she yep. fucking disappeared. Mm-hmm. He told everyone she left to go to California. Of course, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's Holmes. Like he's like, yeah. At the time, how are you going to check up on that? The new railroad man. What can uh, you say? Yeah, Everybody's going everywhere. <laughs> So what we have next is Murda Z. Belknap, uh-huh. his second wife. Yes. And uh, she was completely oblivious to to what Holmes was doing. So at this point, he he bought the farm, or he bought, quote unquote, the pharmacy. Yeah. So he's running the pharmacy yeah, at this and point. Bo- and both of the original runners are gone. Yeah. And so he... Um, 
his wife is sort of like uh, doing the office work and stuff upstairs. Right, and right. He's like downstairs flirting with all the hot single ladies. <laughs> right? She took issue. Yeah. <laughs> she took issue. Yep, yep. Yeah, but the, the eventually they had their uh, very first kid, which I didn't get the name for. Mm, Julie, Julie, Julie. I think was it Julie. I think so. Yeah, like the big thing I remember reading in the book is like. It, when uh, Beltnap, like Holmes, was like, because he was like a ladies' man, mm-hmm. and like, and he was like down there at the bottom of the bottom of the structure at the pharmacy, like flirting with chicks, and she yeah. was pissed. Well, again, you know, successful, well dressed, well spoken business owner. You know, like he has he has a medical degree, he owns this business, like he's he's uh, a good catch. You know, yeah. as far as people know. Well, you s- look at that picture. The picture that that we there's like only four pictures of Holmes. Yeah, there's a few. But you look at him at the times. He was he was he was, he was dapper, man. And he had a derby and a mustache. <laughs> yeah, he had a derby and a mustache. So uh, he uh, his uh, uh, she she leaves with their first kid because she didn't. She was upset with the way Holmes was acting. She didn't want to be with the guy that wasn't going to be faithful. So she left with uh, Holmes' first first uh, daughter. Yes. You know, and she never comes back into the picture again. Right. Like, good for her, though. Yeah, exactly. Good for her, though. She was lucky. Yeah, <laughs> she was lucky. You know, like, I'm sure there's some lineage there to where she can, like, trace it back. And, like, that, like, H.H. H. Holmes was my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the... A little bit of time goes by. Holmes actually buys the lot across the street. Yep. Which was, um, it was under, he actually bought it under a fake name. Of course. H.S. H. S. Campbell was the name that he bought the, 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 lot, the lot under. I think that was one of kind of like his common aliases. Yeah. He, he had so many aliases. Because like it's back in the day, dude, there was no ID cards. They, like you just said, I would. This is me. That's my name. Exactly. Like, I, the, my name is uh, Joseph S. Frank, and mm-hmm. you take that at, at face value. Exactly. And, and I made that name off off the top of my head because that's how easy that is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, uh, the the construction of the castle begins. Then the that's um, one of the the biggest things of his biggest cons. It's like he never fucking paid anybody exactly for the construction of this castle. He sketched. Let me pull the mic down better in a better spot. He sketched the plans out himself. That way, he was the only one that knew like the ins and outs and the layout of the actual castle itself. Exactly. And we call it a castle at this point, but you know, like he he would actually uh, give details to different contractors and then stop them stop them and switching the worker out. And then telling, giving them different, different, uh, different plans. Right. So I mean, and there were a lot of uh, sort of day laborers, you know. That, well, there there was fi- there was five hundred workers overall. Yeah. So he would he would hire these people and say, okay, you're going to work on this section, and then they would work there for a month or so, and then he would fire them and go hire new people and, and he say, would, you're going to do this. He would he would say, oh, you didn't finish your job, so exactly. I'm not going to pay you. Yeah. And then he would like scam them out of the money and he yeah. just never paid anybody. And he did that to five hundred fucking people. Yep, and like I said, though, a lot of them were sort of like new to the city. You know, they were arriving there for work because it was such a booming city, and so they really didn't have any roots. You know, and and they exactly were just, they were they were um, it was hard for them to get paid. Well, like uh, in the the in the the book uh, Murder in America, the big the big thing we'll get into this later. 
the big thing that was the hardest to construct is what Holmes called the sleeping pipes. And like, that's, I'm sorry, like even today, like today, if you were a construction worker and you were, do you remember what the sleeping pipes were? Yeah, they were basically pipes. That, so he, um, so the second floor was pretty much all the weird uh, rooms. The second floor was like the murder floor. Exactly, it was, it was the murder floor. So uh, they were just like these, <laughs> these random pipes that went from you know a gas supply to just like pipe into rooms. It was like an AC duct, but it was just mm-hmm. like a gas yeah. pipe, basically. And they were greased. Yeah, well, he, well, he had grease chutes that he used <laughs> to uh, send bodies down to the cellar, but they were different from the gas pipes. Yeah, so well, they were yeah. kind of like butler chutes. Right, right. Um, down to the cellar because he couldn't necessarily walk around carrying bodies in the hallways. Right, right. It's the secret, um, secret pathways. You know, but that. all of the all of the gas pipes had levers up on the third floor in his bedroom where he could individually control the gas to with from room. his from his own like bedroom, office yeah. yeah which is kind of amazing you know, like if you think about it today man that's super villain shit yeah it's so, super villain so it shit. took up the whole block right it, it was uh it was three stories tall and took up an entire city block yeah so the first the first block was his so he built a new pharmacy uh on uh the first floor uh what happened to the old pharmacy the the old pharmacy actually got torn down from what i read um, but he sold it first, right? Well, he sold the property. Well, so so I, I understood that he sold the pharmacy, and so the guy that he sold it to did not read the fine print. Okay, right? yeah, yeah. And so the guy bought the pharmacy, and then while he was gone back to his hometown to pick up his family, Holmes took all of the inventory out, <laughs> all of the supplies, all of the fixtures, all of everything out, took it across the street, put it in his new pharmacy, you know, and then the guy basically got an empty building, and he got all of the inventory, <laughs> all of the medicine, all of the supplies. Well, that's all the, the that's the big thing. Holmes was like, he was like, I'm gonna. I've, this is like the fourth time I've used this phrase, but fucking psychopath, dude. Like mm-hmm. he, the only, the most sadistic way to take, to take the take advantage over other people. Yeah, like that's like what he did, man. Agreed. So at, at about this time, the uh, the construction of the castle starts to begin, and then Benjamin Peitzel in 1889 answers a answers an ad to be a uh, carpenter. Yep, I think that's what I found was a carpenter. Yep, that's right. So the Peitzel was kind of like a, what do we say earlier? He was a goon. He was definitely a goon. Yeah, yeah he was a goon. Like he did, uh, he basically did anything, anything um, Holmes would pay him for mm-hmm. with like. Sight unseen would just like pay him for it. Well, because he was a severe alcoholic, um, <laughs> and he also had seven kids, um, so he needed he needed the money for his family, and he couldn't really hold a steady job. So he was willing to do whatever Holmes wanted him right, to do because right. he paid him decently well. So, well, the, one of the other things I wanted to talk about with uh, the castle itself is it had fifty one doors, six hallways, thirty five rooms. That was just the second floor. <laughs> yeah. Or, and most of those were airtight and one-way doors and soundproof and soundproof. <laughs> yeah, it's soundproof. And that's uh, you're not a, you're not a normal like building builder if you do that. Like and like a lot, there was like a lot of dead end hallways. There was a uh, like we talked about before, like controls of gas pipes and stuff like that. Yep. And when they would ask questions, he would just fire them. Yeah, exactly. And well, the biggest thing that like in my research in uh, murder in America, like with his big thing having the the murder castle 
he had access to so many chemicals. Oh yeah, with the, with uh, the pharmacy downstairs. Definitely. Like he had access to chloroform. He had access to formaldehyde, cocaine, cocaine, uh, laudanum, laudanum, which laudanum. was basically methadone. Yeah, and that's that's was kind of scary. Like he had all that on hand. Oh yeah, and a lot of the, a lot of the rooms actually had like peepholes to where you could like watch. Oh yeah, you know, like that's some scary ass shit. Like. You, that's where he got. I'm not gonna get into you know. I stay away from that shock jock shit, but like that he got off on like watching people suffer. Yep. And um, what about the safe? The dude, the safe was crazy. He, the safe, like he, I forget what he uh, paid for it, but he actually paid. For, well, he bought it on credit. He didn't pay anything. But he got it on credit yeah. and then got it put into the structure of the home. And was like, okay, you can take it, but if you mess up the the foundation of the house, you're gonna pay for it. Yeah. Like that's that's a true psychopath. Like he thought about that ahead of time. Oh yeah, he planned it out. And so the safe was actually where he did a lot of his his kills too, right? Mm, oh, two of his wives. Yeah, two of his wives. Like we talked about the Greek shoots already, and uh, the one of the things I've read and uh, I keep going back to Murder in America. I cannot recommend this book enough. Like I'll put a tag on it on the. Like he actually um, in his basement he actually had a very very advanced chemical dissolving system mm-hmm. like he actually had to have a very very advanced understanding of chemical chemical uh uh chemical engineering to put because to, he put together this from what is understood from the from the like the site itself he actually had to have a, a very advanced understanding of chemical technology to put together what he put together to dissolve the bodies yep that's true because it wasn't this like this rudimentary, just throw him in, uh, throw him in acid and let him, let him burn out. Like he had, he had his own concoction. It was like lime and lime. It, it was, it was lime shit. and sulfuric acid and something else. Yeah, but you know that's pretty fucking. You know, for him to have that understand, that makes him scary. That makes him a super villain. Oh yeah, and he also did a, uh, he also did um, cremation, at, and it's, you know, and they put that. Uh, he had a kiln put in in his basement. They, oh, you mean the glass blowing? The, the glass blowing kiln. <laughs> yeah. They, he's like, yeah, yeah. I realized that that's uh, too small for, too. You know, I realized that's tiny for glass blowing, but I don't want the people upstairs to smell the glass fumes. Right. Hey, by the uh, way, this should burn off all the glass fumes, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. As it goes on, he actually had operate op, uh, operation tables in in the uh, in the basement as well. Mm. Well, you know what I'm talking about. You know, I am not sure I read that. He had operation tables in the in the and he actually uh, he hired a man to help him clean stuff up. His name was uh, Charles Chapel. Yep, yep. He was a arc- articulator. Yep. He he was his specialty was articulating skeletons. Yeah. So he actually hired him to like as the skeletons like built up. He like, like he like he brought a Chapel up to a room they actually had a dead body at, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this this person died, and I'm doing an autopsy." Goon number two. Goon number two. But uh, he showed him the body, and he assumed that it was uh, an autopsy. He actually paid him thirty six dollars to strip the flesh. Yeah, and, and uh, he sold it. Uh, he, uh, 
Holmes sold it to the Hamilton Medical College for two hundred dollars. And so, by articulating skeletons, you it makes it, it makes mean, it look like it was alive. Well, it makes it they just like clean it and sort of put it on a on a stand, stand right? it up, yep. and yeah, and it, it's there. Yeah. So the, the big thing there, like we kind of get into, kind of like jumping forward. There's like grave robbing for exhumation. Uh, there was a lot of uh, grave robbings at that point that were taking place in like insane asylums because they were popular. Right. So that that's kind of like where Holmes kind of like hit his niche. Yep. Like that's uh, like because he like he was, if you really think about it, he was pumping out like maybe three to four bodies a week. Oh yeah. If you really if you really like get into it, he had uh, like some mechanical scams too. As yes, far he as, did. Like, machines. And yeah, stuff they right. called them flim flam machines. <laughs> yeah. Flim flam machines. Yeah. Yeah, the one that was like would create gas and stuff like that. So the one allegedly would turn water into like water into gas, gasoline like yeah. petroleum. Yeah. 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 Turn it into combustible gas is mm-hmm. what it was, yeah. So we go on from there. Like Holmes is like making his money. Like he's got this chloroform dealer. That's like the only dude that he ever actually paid. <laughs> exactly. Because like that's you, know, you, you got to pay your dealer. Yep. Yeah. You know, like that's like one of the only guys. Yeah. I didn't get the name of the chloroform dealer. No. But you know that that's. You know, back at that time, you probably were kind of an, an, an anonymic. He's he's the ice cream man. He's the ice cream man. So at that point, like uh, Holmes, kind of uh, has a uh, erotic connection to death. Yeah, and we're like I said, we're not shock jocks. We're not going to get into that. But like he uh, gets into what's called the death throes. Uh, so you know, like you were saying, a lot of a lot of the times he would use chloroform, and so one of the effects of chloroform when they would asphyxiate, mm, yes, you're right, um, yeah. you know, they would sort of have uh, in, seizures, in, involuntary and spasms, and and you know, right before death, and that was just something that he was into, the, the, yeah, yeah, and we'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. Let's do, yeah. So like the big thing is like people were like starting to notice like people like checking in and their stuff being left behind. Oh yeah, you know, like you're gonna, that's it's gonna be noticed, man. And the the big thing is like a lot of people noticed that it was uh like people like men would come to check in and they were like, oh, we're full. Yeah, he would always and, he would always yeah. turn away men. You know, yeah. he was he was particularly forgiving of you know young women who suddenly left and didn't pay their bills. Right, right. And mm-hmm. then on that note, like he would hire a lot of women employees that would have to sign a life insurance policy. Yeah. That would name him as the benefactor. Yeah, that's true. Like doing doing that now, like um, that that would, that would draw some attention. But the thing is, like Holmes was like charming as fuck. Like uh, detectives would come to his come to the hotel. Yeah. And how did they phrase it on LP? Like send him away with a handshake and a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. He always he would he was always very friendly, you know, and like he 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 uh, appeared very trustworthy, you know, and he was always very sort of disarming in his personality right, when he right. talked to people, uh, you know, and yeah, he would always send people away with like a laugh and a handshake, you know. <laughs> So, um, you know, and he was he was able to pull it off, man. He was yeah. able to pull it off. Yeah. Like, so the next thing I actually have written down in my notes is like the flim flam machines. The one of the big of his uh, flim flam machines was like his abortion tables. Like okay. there was a lot of uh, weird fucking shit. He just stuff that he would uh, actually would turn into his autopsy tables mm. is what it was, you know, but he had those he had that. You know, like, oh, we'll get into later. Like, well, we talked about it prior. Like, like his uh, 
putting up scams. Mm-hmm. Like he would have like we talked about the gas thing and all that. You yep, know? yep. And the like the the water purification. Like he would like right. illegally tap the city water and then like purify it quote unquote <laughs> and, send and then it back, sell it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he ended up coming across the doctor. I cannot fucking pronounce the doctor's first name right, but he ended up coming be called by the name Ned. That he was his pharmacist, right? Yeah, he was his pharmacist. He had a wife named uh, Julia that, after a while, uh, Holmes took like, took notice of. Yes, and uh, he started like uh, the. I remember in the reading, it was like creating a correspondence. Like that, he like ended up like started talking to her. And... Well, because yeah, she was well, she was the, well, uh, she the pharmacist's up, wife, so she was in the city. Well, she ended up uh, taking over the pharmacist role. Okay, she ended up taking over that. So Holmes seduces Julia, and then later Ned finds out and actually files for divorce. Yes, but by this time, Holmes was already tired of her. <laughs> and which means he's already decided to kill her. Yeah. So uh, it was actually a year from what I from the, the research I did. It was like a year later, Ned finds out, files for divorce. And at that point, Julia's uh, pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, and that's uh, kind of a fucked up thing. You know what I mean? Like uh, So like Holmes is like, I'm... I'm done with this, you know what I mean? But like I'll uh I'll be your husband yeah. if you let me perform an an abortion. Yes. And uh he and uh Julia's like, mm, okay, that that speaks to how charming Holmes was. Exactly. And uh, Julia actually had a daughter named Pearl already. And like this is where like the depravity really starts to like come in. Mm. Like so Holmes actually kills Pearl with chloroform. He puts chloroform over her mouth and kills her. And at that same at on that same day, at that same day where he sorry the mic was low guys, on that, on that same day he tells uh, he tells Julia like I'm gonna perform perform the the abortion and I'm gonna take you downstairs. I'm gonna lead you downstairs. And she goes downstairs and sees the the operating tables and all that and the stuff that I read in Murder in America is like. You can't you can't know what her exact thought process was, mm-hmm. but you would have to have been scared. Oh, definitely. You know, but uh, he ends up uh, suffocating her with chloroform as well. So it, that's uh, that's pretty fucked, man. Like he, that, like that's a that's a murder of a child and a murder of a pregnant woman at once. Yep. And so she was actually the body that um, that is the very first. Uh, yes, yeah. it's the very first skeleton that they sell, right? Yeah, Charles Chapel. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. He was the first. The first, she was the first skeleton, yeah. So at that point, uh, because we have uh, Peitzel has been in the in the mix for a while. Yes. Which, uh, like, we call him a goon. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he was goon number one. Chapel was, was goon number two. He was two. goon number one. So, like, at that time, Peitzel was just a drunk. He was just a drunk. And, you know, like, Holmes was taking advantage of him all the time. And, like, he's like, all right, uh, there, there's this uh, pharmacist named Lin- Lindsley, Lindsley Killy. Killy is... The way it's spelled out, K I L L Y, Killy. Mm-hmm. And like Killy had like this cure all drug, you know, which, which he called uh, the barber's pole. Okay. To where they, he would actually inject inject uh, gold into, into your body. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to cure everything. Yeah, that seems to cure everything. But uh, in the way I wrote it down, it was like a snake oil. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like that's the way I kind of wrote it down. Yep. And then uh, like Holmes, his, his whole thing is that he was going to steal the formula. Yeah. So, so he sent he, Peitzel there as like a client, quote unquote, to steal the formula. But yeah, his his real ulterior motive was to steal it. Think, think about think about like that's psychopathy at its at its core. Mm-hmm. Like 
he was what you would call a premeditated psychopath. Like thinking, like everything he did is like, I'm. How do I, uh, how do I uh, benefit from this? Exactly. Like how, how do I, how do I get something out of this? But Peitzel, Peitzel came back, didn't have the, didn't have the serum or whatever, and he said that he found a very beautiful lady named uh, Kelly Emmeline. Emmeline Chagrin. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was Emily Chagrin. I was read. I was reading my notes like together. So like, unbeknownst to Holmes, never even seen this woman, decided that he's gonna start seduction. Mm-hmm. Just just because he's a fucking psychopath. Just from Peitzel's description, basically. Yeah. Apparently, she was like tall and beautiful and blonde. The, so. She was six foot something. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. But he, you know, he offers her a job at uh, twice the pay, mm-hmm. and of course she would take. Uh, she took it like like you or I would. Yep. <laughs> she accepts. In uh, 1892, he asked her to marry him after several months of like seduction and actually sleeping together. And so that, that's one of these things to where at that time, you know, like Holmes was like, he was a dap, like I keep using the word dapper. He was a dapper, good looking man. Like, and women at that time didn't have a didn't have um, anything unless they were married. Yeah, which, exactly. Which kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, but but it, yeah, no, again, he was a, a professional. He was a businessman. He had a medical degree. So, you know, besides besides all the psychopathic tendencies, he had some stuff going for him, you know? Yeah. Well, and the big thing I want to get into on this thing is, like, uh, like in my reading in Murder America, at this point in his uh, psychopathy, he was actually taking pleasure from lying. Like, uh the big thing that I was reading is like taking a woman, getting them to completely fall in love with you and then throw them away. Yep. And, and like, I, I think too, something they touched on on LP, which I found really interesting. I'm going to um, sort of restate what they said essentially, but it's like, you know, he, he had all these schemes and mm-hmm. like he, he would sort of um, build up and build up and build up. And he, uh, he, you know, the stress would just get so much oh, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then he would fix it, you know, and well, it's like, would be that's, better. that's and a big so psychopathic sort thing. Of like addicted to the release of, yeah. of, of, of solving the it's problem. It's like the air out of the balloon. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Because like, I, I was reading about that in psych- psychopathy. It's like you, um, you create a problem that you know that you have the answer to, but you take it to the point of it being stressful and then you fix the problem mm-hmm. because you know how to fix it, and you just let it press on you. You just just do it that way. You just do. You just, that's just what you do for the release. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a it's a psycho psychological thing that is not. I can imagine it would be fun. Mm-hmm. So he seduces her. They they uh, make plans to get married. They make plans to get married, and he has her fill out the 12 blank envelopes mm-hmm. with um like wedding announcements their wedding announcements with no letter inside right but they were, the the big thing is that they're her handwriting exactly and like that's you know like think about that's psychopathy at its top do you like he's got this thought out like fucking 10 steps yeah, ahead he's he's not playing checkers he's playing chess <laughs> yeah right right like and the big thing is like he he knew what he was going to do already he knew what he was going to do already, and he was actually, um, what was her sister's name? Um, I don't have it. Like, she, she had two sisters, uh, uh, Minnie and, no? Am, am I blending two stories together? Yes. But, uh, okay, so, but um, 
he sends out, he ends up sending out after killing her in the safe, right? Yep. So, uh, what what happened with the safe? He puts her. He, oh, this is the story. He asks her to go into uh, looking for some papers in the safe, and he shuts the safe slowly. Yes. He shuts the safe slowly. He didn't want to slam it and like didn't um, freak alert her, out. her to the danger. Yeah. And he stood outside of the safe for like several hours and mm-hmm. just pleasured himself. And, yeah. But it was uh, it was not good. And they actually found footprints yeah. because he actually put uh, acid on. Yeah. So, yeah. So she she suffocated over the next several hours, and she left a footprint on the door because there was acid on the floor, and it etched her footprint in the door. Yeah. And he ended up selling her skeleton too, mm. which is kind of fucking crazy. Which brings us to the small little window of the World's Fair. So what what did you have on the World's Fair? Um, well, yeah, so uh, it was from May of October to 1893 in Chicago, obviously, uh, over 27 million people. And it, it was huge. It was huge. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a huge event. Um, you know, Chicago is sort of like the Olympics in the sense that cities would bid for it. Uh, you know, and, and previously the, the, the prior one was in Paris where they actually unveiled the Eiffel Tower. Um, and so, you know, like the, the United States was like really, that's really where ambitious. T- that's to, the one uh, Tesla was at. To have a good, a good show. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, uh, between May and October, uh, 27 million people, uh, visited Chicago and they all needed somewhere to stay. Um, some accounts claim as many as 50 people who stayed at the hotel right. and never made it back home. Right. Um, you know, and so it was around this time that, uh, Holmes, uh, debtors were all sort of consolidating and, and getting together. It and was so, getting heavy. Yeah. It, it was, was getting, it was getting really heavy. Getting like they heavy. were sort of realizing that he wasn't paying anybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, at that point it was like, shit, I gotta get my, like, like let's Peitzel, let's think about what we're going to do. Yeah, exactly. Goon number one, goon number two, where are you? <laughs> goon number, goon number, like I love goon, <laughs> goon number one, goon, goon number two. So he was like starting to think about leaving due due to debt. So this is where he kind of like tried to. I keep like looking at my notes and not talking directly into Mike. This is me talking into the mic. This is me looking at my notes. But <laughs> but uh, so about that time is where he was starting to like try to bring together like one of his long cons with Minnie. Yes. And like the, the big thing with her is that she was a woman that had um, she had land in Texas. I think right. It was. Well, so she was actually uh, the last woman that died in the castle. Right. That's right. And so yeah, she, yeah. she well, was her and her sister. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. So she was an heiress mm-hmm. uh, from Texas, uh, and she was worth about four million uh, in today's money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have written down three point five, which yes, is yep. close enough. Yep. And so, but he actually his plan, I think, was to actually get a p- plot of land from her that mm-hmm. was in, yeah. in Fort Worth. And yes, so that was yes. sort of like his long con was because he was planning on leaving Chicago, and he's like, I need somewhere to set up shop well that would be that would like without getting arrested or being checked that's where like the next castle would have probably gone up exactly so that that's what's kind of fucking crazy like that this he had uh what was the big thing with them is like uh I, f- I forget exactly it was uh he had uh he he was like next in line well he was trying he was trying to get the deed for the land yeah and then he asked uh minnie and uh minnie and nanny to go to the World's Fair. Yep, yep. He he invited her and her sister to the World's Fair every night for a week. Oh, okay. And then on July 4th, he suffocated them both in his bank vault with Individually. Knowing, yeah, individually. individually. Neither yeah, knowing what yeah. happened to the other. That was in 1893. Yep, yep. And Holmes had Peitzel give their clothes to his wife. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, then he kept the deed for the Fort Worth land. Exactly, which is, you know, you couldn't do that now. Yeah. Because there's so much paperwork now. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so this is where we get into Georgiana Yolk. Yep, that she was his last wife in Chicago, right? Yeah, and she survived. Yeah. She survived, you know, and that kind of speaks to him actually maybe loving her. Yeah. Like, maybe loving her. She was, like, one of the only women that was, like, involved with Holmes that he actually stayed married to her. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no divorce or any, anything like that. Yes. So... uh they had a life insurance policy with uh, with Ben Peitzel. This yep. is about the time where like yep. this really kind of kicks yep. into so, gear. So this was when he, you know, in college he had sort of thought about the, exactly. the life insurance scam, yeah. but this was when he actually really tried to do it. Yeah. So he had Peitzel take out a life insurance policy for a uh, hundred thousand dollars in today's money. Yeah. In yep. today's money. Yep. And so I understand that he was like sending Peitzel money. To pay the payments. Exactly, exactly. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> but he was spending it on booze instead. Yeah. And so Holmes had to keep up Peitzel's end of which the Which made it suspicious. Too. Which yeah. made it suspicious Exactly. As fuck. So, like, that's the, exactly what I have written down. Like, he was, like, paying Peitzel's... He was paying, like, Peitzel's portion of it, and, like, it actually came down within, like, minutes... Oh, yeah. ...of it, of it, of it being, like, um, canceled, mm-hmm. and Holmes was there, like, to pay the money, and, like, okay. Yeah. So, but, you know, that... Thing like you said, like uh, Peitzel is this hu- was this huge drunk. Yeah, like there was nothing that you could count on him to do. Yep, yep. And so they soon uh, they went to Fort Worth, uh, and he just kind of began the same scans all over again. Fort Worth, yeah. Creditors and non-payments and stuff, right? That's where they got caught stealing horses. Yeah. So they were caught for horse thievery. Yeah. And so they left in the middle of the night for St. Louis. Yeah, they they took off to St. Louis, Holmes, and that actually led to Holmes' first arrest. Yep. Which where he ends up fucking running his mouth. Yeah. Well, so he went to he went to St. Louis and he tried to do all of the same uh, creditor scams again, where he would like buy inventory and supplies and he wouldn't pay for it. Um, but by this point, uh, law enforcement was kind of catching up. You know, like I said, uh, we touched this, on this it was a the bit. Wild West, dude. It yeah, was the Wild West. We touched a little bit on it with Butch Cassidy about sort of the law, the the evolution of law enforcement and how they eventually right. became stronger. Um, and and the Pinkertons actually. Well, they play into the story. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, basically, long story short, um, the creditors all caught on and didn't let him get away with the same schemes in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And so he was jailed for creditor fraud. Right. And that's, that's when he was in jail with, a, how do you say the guy's name? Not the, he was the handsome bandit. Yep. So his name was Marion Hedgepith. Hedgepith. That's yep. what I couldn't. Yep. And, and so that he, was yeah. his cellmate. Yeah. And so he was like a. He and he wanted like a, to impress him. Yeah. He was like a big time, like well-known Western outlaw. And so Holmes like wanted to impress him as like a fellow criminal. Yeah. And he, he was like, okay, I'll give you $500 if you hook me up with a crooked, crooked attorney. Yeah. And I had it, uh, it's uh, Jeff E. The in the book, it's Jeff E. Dot D. Howell. Yep, Jeff D. Howell. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, so that's how he got out of jail. Mm-hmm. He, that's how he got out of jail. He and when he got out of jail, him and Peitzel took off to Philly in July twenty July twenty first, eighteen ninety four. Okay. Peitzel and his wife were they were there. They like went along with him. Uh, Peitzel was in St. Louis, right? Yes, yes. Well, I'm saying like his family, he left his family in St. Louis and went to Philadelphia. Right. Well, that's the, what I'm getting at is he spread the family out. He like this is where he's like starting to spread the family out to like kind of like manipulate where they're at and like send letters and shit like that. Mm. But on uh within 1 month, Peitzel was going to be blown up as an inventor. Yeah. He was he was uh going to be posed as an inventor of like uh 
chemicals and whatever. Right. Yeah, just like, he was like, you know, just like your standard like patent office. Like, yeah, he's yeah, there yeah. and like he he quote unquote died in an explosion. Yeah. So within the second month of that, uh Peitzel's body turns up burnt. Yep. And uh, of course, uh where does it show up? At a patent's office. Yeah. It's like left at a patent's office. Which he was actually working at, which made it pretty you know, like it was that made it even more suspicious. Yeah. Because like his uh, what we were looking at, and well, what I was looking at in the research is like his uh, shop was like right next to that. Okay. So like it's, you know, like whatever, you know. But the big thing is like uh, he is blown up, and the only thing that's burned up is his face. Yeah, he had like super superficial burns yeah, on his face. Yeah, like the forensic, like this was like the birth of like forensics, and like this. I forget. Uh, I have it actually later in notes, which is like this officer was like. You know, if you're in an explosion, like, you usually have, like, burns on your hands and Yeah, multiple, like, multiple limb. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, well, the big thing is, like, Holmes never planned on splitting this money with the Peitzels. Exactly. He, like, never planned on doing that. So he was like, uh, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm just going to kill Peitzel. I'm not going to find a random body. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to fucking kill Peitzel. So yeah, I just talked about the beginning of forensics. Like, and after that, Holmes arrived at the Peitzel home in St. Louis that same day, telling Carrie about the plan. He actually like his oh, Carrie was Peitzel's wife, right? Right. Told her about the whole plan, just mm-hmm. like let her know. And he and she was like, well, okay, I guess you know this is my husband, like whatever, I'm gonna do it. And like, and he's like, well, I need. I need somebody to come identify the body. Don't let the kids know, so they react like their dad's dead. Exactly. So let's just let me take let me take. I think Alice, Alice was the oldest daughter. Yep. So like, let me take Alice, like, so she can just react and you know, and we'll we'll you know we'll get the money. Yep. Yep. So he took Alice, and then here's where the shit fucking starts to like kind of hit the fan. Yeah. Like he takes her doesn't actually take her to identify the body and then about a week later goes back to uh to carrie and is like let me take your other two kids because uh, the creditors are like after somebody after a woman that has five kids yeah so he takes the other two kids and yeah and then goes like literally gallivanting across the country like like oh like like Benjamin and the kids are here in Toronto or mm. in Seattle mm. or and he actually lets the kids write letters to their mom and fucking throws them in the trash. Yeah, and and so he he did that to sort of mislead the authorities and he would like set false trails and go random exactly. places. Exactly. Yeah. And that's another big thing to the psychopathic the psychopathic uh mindset like the talk about the the foresight of that. You know like I'm going to take these kids over here and I'm going to go over here and I'm going to do over this. I'm going to go, over, you know, like I'm going to throw off the trail to like, to this, like just, just get out of control of like where we're at. You know what I mean? Like that's just, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So, and then the youngest son, I think, I, I think the name was, um, it's hard to find in records with the, the youngest son. I think his name was Benjamin. Okay. And, like, the big thing, like, we were talking about earlier is, like, okay, so Holmes is rolling around with these three kids, refuses to buy them new clothes because, like, that eats into the money. Yeah. And he looks good. He's got a top hat, and he's got these three kids that look like they're vagabonds. Yep, yep. Just, like, just orphans. Yeah, and so the the youngest boy starts to complain, 
and he fucking kills him with chloroform. And <laughs> so, like I said, I just I don't want to like you know hover over that type of stuff. But then it, like it continues, and then he ends up taking the two daughters and doing the same thing with a trunk. Mm. Like it was a trunk that took, they were like just big enough to like crawl into. I think is what it was. And uh, he pipes in gas, uh, pipes in gasoline fumes and suffocates them and buries them and buries them in the in the floorboards of of a rented house, mm. where he actually was telling the neighbors that he wanted to bury potatoes in the basement. Oh, <laughs> like, he's like, I need to bury potatoes. Like, yeah, basement potatoes. Yeah, that, that's the thing. <laughs> but you know, so there was a there was like a six month like. Uh, Six months, like, uh, the detectives were after him for, like, about six months. That's where the Pinkertons, like, came into came into play in this story. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, they actually coined the phrase we talked about before, private eye, because it was, like, the all-seeing eye, I think is what it was. Yep. But there there was a detective named Frank Geyer. Okay. That came across the house where Holmes buried the two two girls' bodies in. So was that was that after It was uh, in Toronto, Canada actually. Was that after he was like known by authorities cuz oh, it was after. It yeah, was after. Because um the handsome bandit was the one that tipped him off. Oh, okay, right? I get what you're, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Okay, so he handsome bandit saw saw um the the death of uh Pitzel. Yep. And he's like, "Hey, I I know what's going on. Yeah, I know what's going on, and, and, and I want to tell this. Yeah, and because Holmes never paid anybody, oh, yeah, yeah, he also never paid that five hundred dollars. Yeah, so, so this this is where like the like the manhunt goes on because like the, the handsome band is like, dude, like I, this guy is a fucking serial killer. Yeah, and you know at that time that wasn't a phrase, mm-hmm. but like so this is where the Pinkertons like go on the hunt for this guy because like, and he's not if you really think about it. It's really not hard to find this guy that's been going around the country with these three vagrant little kids. Yeah. You know, and then not paying people. Mm. <laughs> so he eventually he eventually is like um going around the country doing all this shit and he ends up getting arrested for insurance scam because of the 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 Pitzel, the Pitzel fraud. Right. And and the Pinkertons like fucking are on it and like put down all their evidence. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the handsome bandit flips on him and fucking tells everything that he fucking knows. And that's when they actually go and, like, investigate and search the murder castle. Yeah, exactly. And, like, that's where they find all the shit. Yep. That's where they find fucking everything. <laughs> and, and before, actually, before he got arrested, he went and told, like, before he got arrested, he went and told Carrie that everything's fine. And Henry and the kids are off and, like, Mexico. Oh yeah. You know, like he was just like lying the fuck out of that, you know what I mean? But you know, so jump forward like he's completely being investigated now. He's in jail, they're looking at the castle, they're finding out how many people that he's fucking murdered. He's initially convicted of four murders. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a month later bumped up to nine murders and then in con- in confession confesses confesses to 27 murders. Yep. But if you look at the numbers, he's well above a hundred. Oh yeah, you know, allegedly. Like, yep, yep. Yeah, allegedly. You know, and so. those are just missing people who were never accounted exactly. for. Exactly. You know, you just kind of have to like uh, speculate. But you know, like it's uh, as a true crime nerd as we both are. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure he was. Pretty sure he was knocking that shit out the park, man. 
So on May 7th, 1896, he was hung. And the, the fucked up thing is he didn't die instantly. Mm-hmm. Like, from, like, it took him 15 minutes to suffocate. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of think that's fitting. Yeah. Yeah, like for, for somebody like that, you know what I mean? But, uh, the crazy thing that was like just looking up like uh, little notes and um, like facts about Holmes. Right now, to this day, there's a post office that sits on the the site of the old hotel. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, but that's uh that's me and Josh bringing in H H Holmes, Henry Webster Mudgett. That's right. We didn't have any jokes put together this time. Yeah, no jokes. Yeah, but uh, thank you guys for listening and. Um, it's uh, Roofs the Villains True Crime Corner, and uh, Josh, thanks for being here again. Of course. Hey, man, I think uh, next month we're probably going to do D.B. Cooper. DB, yeah, I'm so excited for that. I'm so, yeah. I've am so i got some Bigfoot stuff to talk about with that. Yep, and yep. you know me, I try to bring that up every single time. So, but yeah, Roofs the Villains True Crime Corner. Josh, thank you. Yep, thanks, guys. See you next time. Yeah, we'll see you next month.